This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throw on a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football's your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole alright everybody welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast we are doing a special live Twitter spaces tonight we do this once a week usually uh, depending on if the Saints have breaking news and when the schedule permits. And, of course, the Saints did have huge breaking news th- today. They traded Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and they did roster cuts, da- cut downs. But before we get to that, Andrew, I want to remind people, we only have we only have 13 of the Boys Are Back Cups left for RSVP people. So if you want one of the Boys Are Back Cups featuring Jarvis Landry or ta- or uh, the Honey Badger. And, and it's not or. It's oh, not it's an and. Or thing. It's, it's, and both. It's, it's and. I forget. We did one cup. If you want that and. cup, and it's awesome. Thomas designed it. Dave made it. If you want it and you're coming to our live show September 16th, RSVP and you're guaranteed you get a cup. Uh, it's going to be fun. 7 o'clock, Port Orleans, September 16th. We're going to get ready for kicking Tom Brady's ass again. Join us. It's going to be amazing. And 
sign up to become a patron right now. If you don't love us, we'll give you a full refund. Try us out for a month. But Andrew, people, they want to talk about CD. And this trade, to me, it is very it's very complex in a way in that the national media is like the saints got fleeced what are they doing i don't understand this they said they were all in now they're trading cd deuce for peanuts and i just think the national media just doesn't know the inner workings of what was going on with cd you were not surprised you said all along i think the saints trade cd deuce this is what i'm hearing is going on you weren't surprised that this happened today but was there anything about this trade today that did surprise you? No, not really. I mean, I was certainly hoping for more compensation uh, than mm-hmm. a fifth and a sixth round pick. And obviously they sent a seventh back. And, you know, so, I, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the trade compensation is lame. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a good player. I think that the comp that they got for him doesn't really mm-hmm. do justice to his value. So, no, I, I don't think it's a good trade. I agree on some level that the Eagles did fleece the Saints. I mean, they did get the better end of that deal. Like, do you give up a fifth and sixth for a one-year rental of a player at that level? Yeah, I think you do. So, uh, you know, there's no sugarcoating that. But, and, you know, a lot of people got mad at me on Twitter. And and I think, you know, I I get it. Like, Chauncey Garner-Johnson is a fun player. He's exciting. Uh, I was reminded tonight by Scott, our, our mutual friend Scott in Lafayette, that, like, not only is there the picture of CD crossing his arms, tra- talking trash. He's a, to he's a meme Tom guy. Brady. He's a meme guy. There, there's, there's the also the picture of him kicking the Falcons. You know the Falcon logo. So there's like, him. There, ta- there's him getting multiple Bears kicked out of games in a playoff right. game where the Bears prepared during the week specifically for his trash talk, and he still defeated them in a playoff yes. game. Yeah. So look, he, he had some memorable moments. Uh, he, he's a very good player for the Saints, but um, and, and you know a lot of people they, they choose not to believe me and they choose to to believe other people. But like there there's no one you should believe more than Nick Underhill. And Nick Underhill told you guys that he he wasn't talking to the coaching staff. He was not on speaking terms with his coaches. Yeah. Like it right. was. And, and look, you can blame the Saints for the situation. I I, I don't think it's just on CD. Uh, now, do do I think he handled things maturely? Do I think he handled himself as a professional? No, I, I think things boiled over. I don't think he handled himself professionally. Uh, but but the one thing that was clear was that the situation was untenable. And if, if you look at what the Saints shipped him out for, a fifth and a sixth round pick, that speaks volumes to the fact that they just needed him out. That's of the just that's a that's a complete and utter we got to get you up out the paint situation. Like, that's all that is. Because because the thing is, I know a lot of fans, they don't follow the Saints in minutia, and, you know, they aren't as necessarily as diehard as as some of the people on this basis are. And to those people, they don't follow it daily, and they're like, well, why didn't the Saints just pay him? And they think it's just a payment issue. But look, the Saints before, uh, Marcus Williams, um... Teron Armstead last year, they were on, they were in the walk year of their deals, and the Saints didn't ship them out. So if Chauncey Gardner Johnson, if he hadn't, I really feel like if he hadn't have been difficult, and he hadn't have been, you know, he hadn't have been caught, you know, he hadn't been saying I want a new contract, and he'd have been talking to the coaches staff and acting in a way that the Saints 
felt was how you should act in their locker room, I think they would have kept him and they would have let him play out the deal, and they'd have been it'd have been fine. Like yeah, they, they wouldn't. I, mean, have sh- I, I think apples and oranges in the sense that while you know Teron Armstead, Marcus Williams, maybe they wanted new deals. I mean, Marcus Williams is under a franchise tag. Yeah, you know, he's making ten million bucks. That's and, true. And Teron Armstead had a massive deal that he was playing out. So like those guys were get, already getting paid. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is making peanuts because he's still on his rookie deal, yeah. which he's That's completely fair. outplayed, That's fair. and he, deser- he, des- he deserves more money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Now, you know, what I've been told, and, you know, uh, Jeff Duncan reported this, is that they were way off on financial terms. And, um, you know, I mean, look, I... I think on some level, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I mean, internally, apparently he was fuming about not being included on the top 100 NFL players list. And like, I think in his mind, he believes he's a top 50, not a top 100, top 50 player in the league. And I I think maybe he's a little delusional in terms of his feelings about his self-worth. And I just think there was huge misalignment in contract talks like about what, what he was worth. And he's like, and, and you know what? Like, if he hits free agency, he might just get what he thinks he's worth. He might. He might get that. Like, especially if he has a great season this year yep. and, and keeps, keeps his head on straight. Like, he might just go get that kind of money. And if he does, certainly he deserves it because the market, you know, will, will end up bearing what it bears. So, look, look, I think it's an unfortunate thing where it had kind of run its course. And, again, like, when you're the Saints and you're kind of evaluating resource allocation because they can't, they can't pay everybody. And you're asking yourself, well, do we make this untenable situation better by rewarding this guy with a massive, like the, the richest nickel corner deal in NFL history? Because that's what he wants, right? Do we reward this behavior and pay him this? Or do we trade him knowing that we've got Bradley Roby, who just had a great camp. We got a second round pick in Alante Taylor that we really like. Adebo was freaking ridiculous. He was probably the player of camp. And by the way, we got Marshawn Lattimore, who's 
maybe the bet one of the top five corners in the league. And then at safety, you've got Marcus May, you've got Matthew, you got PJ Williams backing him up. And oh, by the way, the Justin Evans seems to have That's right. recovered and, and gone back to his old ways, and he looks awesome. Yeah. So I just think they're super, super deep in the secondary. Uh, obviously, they got a little bit worse losing a guy like that, but I do think he. I don't want to say he's replaceable, but I do think there's enough talent to where they can mitigate that loss a little bit. And and short-term, the Saints got worse. No way around that. But the resource allocations that you get, you can allocate that to a new Eric McCoy deal. You could could allocate that to Davenport. You could – you might have to spend on a quarterback here in the next couple years. You know, so that's that's money they're not going to be spending on CD. Yeah. On your mother. So, look, I mean – I think that this all factors in, and at the end of the day, it's it's an unfortunate thing. But uh, I, I try to tell y'all. I try to tell you. You try to tell them, and you got you got you got you got dragged for it. But you were right, and you took a victory lap today, and you deserved it. Dylan, we got a bunch of people wanting to talk. We got Dylan. We got freaking about football. We got KB. Dylan, I'm gonna start with you. Thoughts on the CD deal? I'm sad. I'm sad. I love CD. He gave me the great one of the, the my favorite moments since 2018 when he just shoved it in Tom Brady's face. It was just amazing. It was an amazing night, and I, I love him for it, and I'm going to miss him. I, I just wanted to say, all hail Andrew Juice. <laughs> he called it, he faced the wrath of Saints Twitter. He did. But he was right. He called it, and I, Andrew, I hope you're having a nice drink tonight. You got a cigar. You're kicked back on, on the chair. I, I hope you're doing a victory lap because you got a lot of crap. For, for what you said, <laughs> yeah, get it. And you, you, you know, nailed it is, more than more than Dylan, anybody like, in the I, media. I don't. I, I mean, the Saints got worse today, like I said. So, like, I, and they didn't even I, get a good I, pick. I find, so it's bad, yeah, Oliver. Okay, I find no joy in this. Like, yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, I, I would like to for CD Deuce to have been happy and, and maybe even willing to play and improve it one more year and then stay healthy and get a great deal and stay with the Saints. But like, so. I, 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 I find no joy in the fact that he's an eagle now. Like that situation is, is terrible in some ways, and and the Saints got worse. So, but you know, I will say there were a lot of people that were calling into question my integrity and and, and all sorts of stuff on Twitter. So, like you know, it's you know, Ralph, it's almost like you know, I'm not just making things up. Yeah, it's al- it's almost yeah. like it's people, almost like that. It's almost like people in the Saints building talk to you and text you daily. It's weird. It's crazy like that. Um, Dylan, final thought, and then we're going to get to some other people. Uh, what was your favorite CD memory? Is it the Tom Brady? Is it the getting the Bears people thrown out of the game? Is it is it Michael Thomas punching him? Like, what's your favorite CD Deuce memory? Dylan, are you there? I don't hear you. Did we, did we lose Dylan? I think we might have. I'll, I'll give you mine while Dylan's uh... – finding his microphone or whatever learning how to unmute himself uh and you mentioned this it's it's the second bears game the playoff game (laughs) where the coaching staff like you could tell who who was the coach was it it was nagy right yeah nagy's in his press conference is like we literally had just talked about how he got a player ejected last time we played them and he's like the most frustrating thing is that we literally spent hours on the game plan in rooms talking about the player talking about the way he behaves talking about the way he acts and not to fall for the trap <laughs> and cost him with a mistake and that's exactly the, the fact that he 
they basically that the coaches they prepared their players for it, and they still could do nothing about his. Hall I wonder if they talking. they they was, mentioned I mean, it that, like that, that. To me, was my favorite. like on the big screen in the meeting. Like they had the PowerPoint. They probably had the slide where he's patting the dude on the head. And he's like, we cannot let this happen again. And they probably mentioned it every single day. And he still, and he still got to him. That is just, that is a level of trash talking. It was beautiful and shithousery, to use an English soccer term, that is just unmatched. It truly. Who, who is. was it? I know it was. I knew it was Wims the first time. Or was it Darnell Mooney that got ejected the second time? Uh, what receiver was it? I think it was. Do you, do you think they made that player drive back to Chicago? I think they did. World? They probably like you're you get a bus ticket, buddy. Uh, we got we got freaking about football, and then we got KB freaking about football. Your thoughts on Chauncey Gardner Johnson getting traded to Philly? Uh, it was Anthony Miller got kicked Anthony out. Miller, that's Thank right, you. Anthony Thank Miller. You. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sucks. I mean, he's a fan favorite. By the way, this space should have been named Andrew Juju's victory lap. I'm just saying, <laughs> like we could have done that. But um, uh, it sucks. Like he was a fan favorite. I'm gonna miss him. I. I don't know how much success he's going to have if the Eagles play him at safety. Like, I just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I hope for his sake he does well and he gets paid. Um, I hope for our sake he doesn't and we can. <laughs> I mean, my, Andrew, Andrew, my thing with him at safety is he he's a really good slot corner, but I don't know if he's fast enough. And I don't know if he's disciplined enough to be a really good safety for what they're probably going to end up paying him if they extend him. I don't know. I think it could work. I mean, I think he's a good player. And I think, uh, if mm-hmm. anything, you know, he, he's a player that likes to gamble. So if you give him a little bit more of a rover position where he's allowed to be, be play a little bit more freestyle and, and go by instinct, I think in some ways that might benefit him. I think sometimes covering the slot – you know, it's nice to have him near the line of scrimmage and everything, and but his spontaneity, spontaneity is maybe his biggest asset. And, you know, I think a lot of times when he was forced into man coverage in the slot, mm-hmm. that maybe exposed some of the weaknesses in his game. So, I don't know. I, I think it could work. Um, and I'll, I'll be – it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, man, like, honestly, at this point, like, yeah, everyone always makes a joke when a player leaves, you know, hashtag unfollowed and uh, – you move, we move on quickly as Saints fans, and like I just feel like he's their problem now. And uh, you know, if it works out and he and he ends up being a good player, then good for him, and that's great. But uh, you know, again, like the Saints got rid of him for a reason. Yeah, it's in, in freedom about football. Thank you. You know, the one thing that I want to bring up before we get to uh, a couple more people, Andrew KB and uh, Jason Champagne and and uh, Jack, is the one thing that. We talked a little bit about on the podcast today, uh, the breaking news one, but it's really something I after the show I I started thinking about it more, and it's really it, you can't quantify what I'm about to say. You can't measure it. It's not analytics. There's nothing to measure it. But I believe it's very critical, especially when you play defense in the NFL. The Saint Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Kwan Alexander they brought an energy and an aggression to the Saints defense that I think Honey Badger will replace some of it, but those things matter and they're hard to replace because playing defense in the NFL is about getting yourself amped up, being a little crazy, and just going and doing car crashes 
against other giant human yeah, beings. Well, human look, beings. I, I think Cha- Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think his biggest uh, the, the thing that maybe made him the most uh, the Saints the most uncomfortable about him. You know, the chaos, mm-hmm. the unpredictability, the uh, the uh, you know the the mental explosiveness or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that was that was his greatest asset too, and he was always kind of towing that line of right on the edge of what was acceptable behavior. Yep, and that's right. You know, I, I like, but that was that was kind of what made him special. And so, yeah, I think you're always, especially as a defensive player, you have that mean streak. You got to be have a little bit of a screw loose. You got to be a little crazy, you know, to play on that side of the ball and play a violent game like that and, and hit people at full speed. And uh, he was he's a fearless player. So. You know, we talked about this on the show that that's a tough thing to quantify. Um, you know, I, I think from a technique standpoint, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He he's not a great man cover corner. He he he's a little spotty with his tackling. So like, there's a lot of things you can point to, you know, analytics wise or, or just pure technique wise, and say, but 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 like he made up for all that, and he was a fan favorite just based on his intensity. And I think his his energy. He, he, he kind of raised the level of the whole room, you know, and guys were feeding off that. So, and I think he had the respect of his teammates, but, you know, again, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, you know, the staff and him couldn't come to, uh, couldn't get to speaking terms. That's your quickest way out of the that, When I read that, I was like, it's, I was like, there you go. Like, if you're not, if you're not on speaking terms with coaches, it's like, you're, you're done. You're done. Like, there's no, there's no other way around it. KB, you're with me. I know when you were you you were arguing with Andrew and you were tweeting out videos of of Chauncey Gardner Johnson doing amazing things at the line of scrimmage. So you're with me. You're heartbroken tonight. CD's gone. What's your thoughts on it? I have my worst take of all time. Are you ready for this? Hit it. I'm I'm ready. I'm also an Eagles fan. Oh my god! I know oh, you and your wow. Jalen Hurts love. Oh my god! Here we. No, and I this is like I can't be sad because I think that my my two teams just like put players on a carousel like between the two of them, so I can't even move out about this. But and look, I Philadelphia, I will say this: they are a smart, well-run organization. Like they they win, Harry Roseman. They do it. They they've done a good job. We disagree about Jalen Hurts, but but the Eagles do a good job, and they're they're loaded. They're probably they're probably going to win. They're going to win the NFC East and help the Saints get a nice draft pick for Sean Payton when they fire when Dallas fires McCarthy into the sun. Yes, yes, they, that is that is accurate. <laughs> I I think I have two split feelings. I have. CD the football player and CD the person, right? Like losing CD the person hurts. We all kind of really wanted, we want him in the organization. We want him on the field because he just brings that energy. He brings that mentality. Mm-hmm. But I actually, people have talked a lot about CD the safety and his fit and his new role in, in the Philadelphia Eagles organization and what is specifically they want to do with him in this kind of Brandon Staley style of defense that uh, Jonathan Gannon likes to run. And I do have concerns about it, but I think he's going to play that third safety flex role. They're like, yes, it's a safety, but he's third safety on field is going to play a lot of match zone, not necessarily one-to-one. One-on-one coverages are going to leave those to, to slay on the edges. And uh, I don't think it's as big of a concern as people think, but yes, I think he brings that dual threat ability kind of up at the line of scrimmage and then also deep. 
that the Saints are going to miss temporarily, but there's so many options that they can train somebody like Taylor. They can they can develop somebody. I think Roby actually is a better fit than people are talking about. You know, I don't think it's more as much of a loss as it needs as people think it is, right? Like, oh, the Saints got so much worse today. Oh, Howie Roseman masterclass. They just got a top five pick out of this because we have they have the Saints uh, first next year. That's bullshit, for lack of a better word. Well, and I will say this, Andrew. You know, you can qu- maybe Loomis could have got a little bit more. I think if they'd have done it like draft week or draft yeah. weekend. I think did they- you guys? Did you I guys see that Instagram comment that somebody from CD's camp made saying that the organization that specifically Dennis Allen as head coach the day that he was hired wanted CD out of the building. I did not. I did not see that. And, and here's here's the thing that I, I can't speak to the the absolute validity of it, KB. But I will say this, and this is how Mickey Loomis operates. And he, he said this in an interview. He believes in servant leadership, where he gives the head coach the support that he wants. And and Andrew has said this many times, where if Dennis Allen went into Mickey Loomis's office and said, we got to have Marcus Williams. We got to have CD. I believe those things would have got done for good or ill. What would have happened? Mickey Loomis would have gotten, gotten them done because the head coach said so. So I do believe there's some truth in that, that maybe Dennis Allen didn't, it wasn't exactly like he wanted him out of the building the day he got hired as coach, but maybe there was, there is a sense to me that Dennis Allen didn't value him as a must keep guy. Clearly. That, I think that's that's fair. Isn't I mean, uh, I mean, I think more recently he was clearly a must lose guy because they <laughs> they wanted him out of the building at all costs at this point. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you that look uh, when the Desha- Deshaun Watson stuff started that that's really when the dominoes started to fall because his name was attached to that trade. Obviously, it didn't mm-hmm. happen, and the Saints didn't acquire Deshaun Watson. But I don't want to say that was like the match that burned the bridge. But that certainly got the train rolling to where there was disharmony and there started to be displeasure with the player and there was a rift that was created. And at that point, I think the only way that that fence was getting mended was if you gave Chauncey Gardner whatever he wanted, right? Clearly, he was like, pay me all of the money. And if you don't do that, I stay mad and I'm not going to talk to coaches and I'm going to be at practice, but I'm not really going to practice and and all that. So, Do you think, though, that based on what I just saw online, that's a take to that with a grain of salt, that he was in the Deshaun Watson conversations because there were pre-existing contract issues. I think that's fair. I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a combination of like, he, he's a market. He's a, he's a nice player. I mean, I, I think that, that makes the Deshaun Watson deal more likely to happen. And I think the saints wanted it to happen because they're they're sweetening the pot by giving a, a good player. I, I really I don't think it's more complicated than that. But I also think the fact that the Saints were dangling him meant he wasn't really part of their long term plans to begin with. Yeah, and 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 just like, like thanks for the thanks for for joining us, KB. And and you know put the put the put the Deshaun Watson put all his grossness off the field aside. Like he's a good player. 
He's a great player. A lot of teams. I'm never. I'm never putting that aside. Well, I mean, it's just like if you want Deshaun Watson, you had to give something of value because Cleveland ended up giving three first round picks. Like you weren't going to get Deshaun Watson on the cheap. Like you, you. I mean, I I mean, look, look, the Saints like they drafted Alante Taylor in the second round. Yeah. You, you you don't do that unless you're thinking your slot corner yeah, well, might and, be and, out and, them, you know. And that's the other thing. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. The Saints, maybe they should have traded him early, they could have maybe got a fourth round pick and said they got a fifth and a sixth. Uh, But I will say, like, they weren't caught with their pants down. Like, Mickey Loomis, clearly, they kept Roby. They drafted Taylor. Like, they have a plan. Now, will it work? Maybe is is maybe Roby gets old. Maybe Taylor's no good. You don't know. But at least the Saints, they have a plan. And it isn't it isn't a, a thing, Andrew, where they're like, oh, my God, we're going to have a UDFA plan at slot corner. This is going to work out. Like, no, it's a, they have a real plan and we'll see how it goes so i'll give the saints credit for that like they 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 have they they aren't caught with their pants down and a lot of organizations it does happen that way where they just they get disgruntled and they're and they're not ready they're not ready for to the possibility of trading the player and either they give the player what he wants because they're like we can't let him leave because we don't have a replacement or they ship him out and they don't have a replacement so they're they're screwed either way so the saints they had a good they had a plan in place and we'll see how it goes yep that's exactly right well hey jack uh unmute yourself and uh what you got for us tonight can y'all hear us can y'all hear yeah. me yep go ahead all right, well, three things real quick because I gotta uh, gotta finish some some editing things and get ready for tomorrow. But I'm gonna hop back in when I have a minute. But just wanted to say three things. One, props to you, Andrew, for leading, leaving that that prediction tweet on your feed for like 14 days. Uh, <laughs> or actually, I think it was like I think it was, I think you posted that August 7th, so <laughs> nearly the whole month of August uh, for it to come to fruition today. So props to you. Secondly, props to Ralph because I, uh, while I was, I was listening to you guys and, and waiting for a chance to say this, I looked at some of the, uh, some of the profiles of some people who are joining the space, and you got some Philadelphia Eagles fans in here. Yeah, man. I see we got, so, Kyle, we got Kyle Bennett. He's, I've been on his podcast. They're, they're good guys over there. Yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, I like when uh, you know, Saints and Eagles fans can come together. So uh, looking forward to the, the game on, on New Year's Eve uh, in Philly. But uh, the last thing I wanted to say um, is you, you asked someone earlier uh, their favorite C.D. Deuce memory, and obviously I'm a fan of C.D. Deuce. I, I wish him all the best and agree with what KB had to say about, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the person and, and the player. I'm going to miss both, right, um, the, the electricity mm-hmm. and the, uh, the passion that this guy brought to the team in and out of the locker room on and off the field. Uh, but, but I'll just say, you know, I think I – I think I pinned the tweet today, and my favorite memory is is that speech that he gave at at minicamp, and I clipped up the 
you know, my favorite part of it, but it was, I, I think I almost had the thing memorized word for word at this point, but, uh, you know, he spoke about being disrespected, not just as an individual, not being a top nickel corner, but also just the defense not being, you know, understood as the top defense in the league. And at yep. the time he was on the saints, but, but my favorite part is when he says, you know, and I'm not going to try to impersonate the guy cause I could not do that very well, but, um, um, <laughs> He said, what's the best athlete in the world? A defensive back. Why? Because he runs backwards. We have to, <laughs> we have to regress before we can progress just to get a dollar out of these people. And I just think that is – I mean, he said a lot of cool things in that nine-minute uh, fiery you know, answer to a couple interview questions at minicamp, and I was right there you know, front and center yeah. for all of that. But, but that was a really cool line just to think about – uh, you know, how much how much pressure you have to play defensive back. And when you consider yourself elite and and the Saints, you know, aren't able to, um, you know, come to terms with you, uh, you know, he landed a spot in Philly. I wish him all the best and, and look forward to, you know, seeing him in Philly when the Saints play him. But and tough loss for the team. Yeah, thanks, Jack. And he just slandered – and in that nine minutes, he just slandered the Bucks and Tom oh, Brady, man. which which was amazing. I mean – That was that was beautiful. That's that's a great recall, Jack. And, uh, yeah, that was a great line by him. It really was. And, uh, you're, I mean, you're going to miss those moments where he gives you kind of those uh, sound bites and he kind of gives you those moments. And he, he's, again, so fun. He was so fun as a player. Um, you know, Ralph, like – this experience honestly is that you know for better for worse i'm privy to some things that are not out there and uh i I know like for some of you that don't know me that might sound like me saying i I might sound like an asshole saying that i'm sorry but but so i don't know that i ever was a fan of cd deuce the way the entire fan base is because of some of the things that i heard if i'm being honest like I, i i was not as as high on him as some of you but what is undeniable is that he was great fun as great a player fun. for us as Tremendous fan. fun. And, and I personally was freaking crushed when the Saints traded away Jimmy Graham and Darren Sproles. I was crushed when those two guys were shipped out. So I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, and here's my thing is and – Andrew, and Andrew will let you guys know this. Like Andrew does all the cultivating sources and getting information from the Saints and all that. Like – I love that Andrew does it for our podcast and it helps us grow and he's amazing at it. But I don't really like it because when I worked for Buddy D in the Hazlitt era, I knew all the backdoor stuff and the, the chaos and all. And to me, it makes it can make being a fan less fun because the Hazlitt era, I was like, this fucking dysfunction. They're never winning shit. And I was like, it, it kind of made it miserable. So I kind of like don't. I don't want to know, like, necessarily how the sausage is made behind the scenes. And it's, like, part of the reason why I don't watch that much film anymore. I want to know – I want to understand football. But I feel like if you know too much film, my my jokes get, like, less funny. So uh, – Your jokes were never funny, Ralph. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, no, I, I hear that. And, you know, I, I have learned that, I mean, you know, when I, when I drop little nuggets or breadcrumbs or – I'm not in the breaking news business, so you know I'll put some stuff in our Discord to hook our patrons up. But like I've learned that when I put stuff out there, people don't believe me anyway. So well, and the yeah, thing I'm is, I'm kind of done doing that. There I'm are not, certain I'm not in the breaking news business, but 
you know, I, I hate to say I saw this coming. I mean, look, I, I think what's difficult here is that it's it's never black and white. With the salary cap, you know, there's, yeah. there's financial considerations. With your roster, it's how how are we depth wise at this position? With your mm-hmm. and then there's the temperament of the player, and then there's the salary cap commitment, and then all this stuff. It, it, it's multifaceted. And so when you make these decisions, it's never as black. It's, it's not that Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a terrible person or that it's like you should get rid of him at all costs, like, or he's not a good player. It's none of those things. It's just these decisions are really difficult when you're running a football team and some guys are on the winning end of it. They, they get to stay with the Saints. They get great contracts. Sometimes that was the right move, right? Sometimes that was the wrong move. You invest in a guy and it ends up not working out. And, and it's not an exact science. So, you know, if you're a fan sitting here listening to the show and you're pissed off and you, you, you think the Saints made a mistake, they may very, they may very well have. Yeah, and it's just it's, – it's, it's, it's tough because my thing is it's fun. We love the Saints. We love Sunday. And when you talk about fun, like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, there was, there was there's really – I don't know that there's anyone – on the roster that's his equal. I mean, maybe Kamara, maybe Cam Jordan, but like for just the fun, I don't know, the funometer, like CD, yeah. CD was up there. We got oh, Jay- here's a, here's a quick thought, Ralph, before we go to someone else. Um, just, just food for thought. When you look at 2016 and 2017, and, and I can't help but wonder if this wasn't on Mickey Loomis's mind, how quickly, how hard they worked to, to transform that franchise to build that culture, mm-hmm. to bring in guys of character in the locker room, and how quickly that was undone in 2016 and 2017 with the finger pointing and the guys not 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 being accountable to their mistakes mm-hmm. and, and throwing shade at former players. I'm talking about Akeem Hicks and Junior Gallette and Keenan Lewis. It, it, there there was a lot of discord and disharmony on that team, and it quickly unraveled. And a few bad eggs turned what was a locker room of great culture and character. Yeah, and it, it turned sour really, really and, fast. And, and I just, I can't help but wonder if like that's fresh on Mickey and, Loomis's mind, no, and he's dealing with a disgruntled player, and he's like, I can't have young defensive backs. I'm talking a Debo, Alante Taylor. I cannot have my young defensive backs around that. No, and it, and 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 listen. It wasn't one. I think you made a great point. You brought up a bunch of people think of it, and they think you're just going to point to Junior. It wasn't just Junior Gallet. He might have been. He might have been the the brightest of the mess. But you just mentioned it, it was Hakeem Hicks. It was Keenan Lewis. There was a lot of dysfunction. And the thing is, I think for the Saints to say we don't have Drew Brees anymore, we don't have Sean Payton, we need to not have the dis- not have any dysfunction. We need to have harmony for Dennis Allen to try to make a success because there was a point in 2015 and 2016 especially where Drew Brees, as positive as he was, and he never said a dang negative thing, there was some some moments during years where you were like, man, he looks exasperated with this team. I don't know exactly because we didn't know at the time what it was, but we are like, man, he looks down. He looks negative, and it – wears on you and I could see the Saints being like we we gotta we gotta make sure we we protect what we have and it might be more fragile than what it was in previous years so Jason Champagne what you got for us 
So, you know, I, I was going to come on here and say a few things. First of all, um, props to the Godfather, Andrew Juge, <laughs> for having the sauces to, uh, you know, spill those breadcrumbs a couple weeks ago about what was going on with this. Shame on me for not realizing that Chauncey was a compromised asset and pounding the table for a number two for him. You know, based on talent alone, that's probably the return. But he was a compromised asset, and I think that other teams in the league definitely 100%. knew that. 100%. And, and and so that's what the return was. But Yeah, I mean, um, when, you're, when you're a seller at, at 53 cut-down day, te- yeah. and, and you're looking to get rid of a player, like teams know why you're calling. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to get pennies on the dollar. It's just a reality. It's a poor timing. Exactly. But the conversation you guys just had to, you know, that's, that's spot on, you know, as, as somebody who, you know, I've been in leadership and I've got a company and whether you're dealing with a team of 12, 20 or a team of 53, sometimes all it takes is one person to ruin that culture and that mm-hmm. culture is so important and and you know the the saints have learned that through the years i think you know the the three years of sadness we had the three seven and nine years really taught them a lot and you know when you're in a position of leadership like mickey is like da is you know you've got to do everything to protect and preserve that good culture because that's where winning comes from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though talent wise, you know, we got worse today and we didn't get the return that we probably deserved for the level of talent we're trading out. We also made an NFC rival stronger. Um, but in the long run, if it's addition by subtraction, it's the right move. And so I, I'm not upset at all. Yeah, and you can't wait, and you can't cut them. That's malpractice. Like even if you're oh, not absolutely. happy with a fifth and a sixth, like you can't cut them. It's malpractice. I mean, and by the way, I just want to say, we're all sad about CD today, or some of us are, me. But you look at the Raiders; they are cutting number first and second and third round draft picks, or trading them for pennies on the dollar. You look at their last three drafts, whatever the opposite of 2017 is, the Raiders are doing it. Like, it was, it's horrific. They got, you know, may, maybe the lesson here is don't hire a analyst on the <laughs> NFL Network to be your GM. That's right. <laughs> like, the thing that's going to keep John Gruden from getting another job those emails were terrible, but he's gonna have to explain him. He's gonna have to explain these drafts. My God! Dude. I mean, look, Ralph, Ralph. When you look at the Raiders, who I believe now have cut their first and second round picks of the last three drafts, is that correct? That is correct. Not not including this one, but the three the three previous. They, they have cut all of them. Ralph, you could do no studying, and you could do a draft blindfolded. By literally picking names out of a bowl, and you just and I'm do, not, I, I'm not sure you would do worse. Than no, the I think, the last three I think I could have a top hundred board, and I could tell Max, go pick me six names, and he would read the names, and he would be like, oh, this one's Max, like me, and he would pick the names that he thought was funny. I think he'd have done better than the Raiders, but um, the one thing that's cr- crazy about the Raiders is they cut a tackle today. Leatherwood, they drafted him in the first round last year in the teens. He has a 9.6 Raz, 
and no teams were willing to give them anything. Like that kind of stunned me that a team was didn't say, ah, he's a nine six Raz. We'll give you a seventh. But I mean, that's just horrific. I'm kind of hoping the Saints claim him. Not gonna lie. Yeah, he. I mean, he like, you know, I mean, not not comparing him to Trevor Penning, but nine six not nine six seven Raz and a nine nine Raz. It's not that much different. So, Bud Rich, what do you got for us tonight? Are you as sad as me about CD leaving? I'm a bit sad. So I think I would say I was sadder seeing Teron Armstead leave than CD Deuce because I thought he was much more impactful in in, a, in more ways than CD. Like CD was fun. Like in this in this in meme in meme ways, like he he was prime exquisite meme material. He was the yeah. finest slab of meat you could pro- probably get from the uh, meme butcher box. But <laughs> I, but I would say Armstead was probably more impactful, both culture wise, play wise, and just all and all around. But trying to play off what you said about the Raiders, it re- I honestly think. First of all, no one trade for Alex Leatherwood because of like Raiders. We know you're going to cut him. I'd rather take my chances trying to claim him on the waiver wire if I really wanted him than to send you e- even some chips that I left in my cupboard for five <laughs> years and just forgot about him, or some Folgers dry crystal coffee. Uh, yeah, and you have to do his rookie salary, which is pretty significant. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, but. Alante Taylor now is going to have a – maybe I was thinking he wasn't – there was a chance that he might not see too much action. Now he's going to see action, Butters. I know you're, you're a big draft guy. What, what, what's your thoughts on him? Well, if you saw his latest uh, Twitter post of, of the video, I, I don't know where he pulled it from. But basically saying, you know, I can – it basically goes, I can do that shit too. And I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hoping he's either talking about the trash talking or the play. If it's a trash talking, I don't – I'll I'll fucking take it, but you know it. I, I wish I could have seen him in preseason because I don't think he played at all in preseason. He has some sort of injury that I, I forgot what it was, but he's basically going to be the fun mystery box that <laughs> we're all going to experience. <laughs> you know, it could be a yeah, yeah. We either have CD Deuce or the mystery box. You never know. Uh, it could be a CD Deuce inside uh, the mystery box. Thanks, Butters, for joining us. I, I like that, Andrew. I like them. I like how we call the, uh, Taylor the mystery box. CJ, what do you got for us? Your thoughts on CD getting traded to Philadelphia? What's going on, guys? Nothing uh, much. I joined, I joined kind of late, so forgive me if any of this has been talked about. Um, but I just think a lot of people bought into CD Deuce as a personality, more of instead of like as a player like they liked what he brought his energy stuff like that um but i also just from what i've been reading just comparing it to the jimmy graham wanting to be paid like a top receiver i think he wanted top dollar safety money but that's not what he was really being used for um and i guess at the end of the day dennis allen you know has been his defensive coordinator since he was drafted and he allowed this to happen so i guess we just kind of have to trust the people in charge that they're making the right decisions yeah and and you know i said that i said that too on, on thanks cj for joining us I, andrew i said this on, on our on our uh our news podcast in that the saints have built up 
even though it's a new it's a new regime and a new quarterback and a new coach, they've built up you know sixteen seventeen years of where Mickey Loomis when he does something we're like okay we'll trust you that you know what you're doing you know whereas if the Saints if they were in the position of the Falcons let's say or the Jaguars we would murder them today and we'd be like what are you doing and you have no and when you have no track record of success we have no reason to trust you so i do think that's part of the reason why maybe it's not as insane as it normally would cuz we have we have trust in the saints and we should they've they've run a good they've run a good organization for near two decades now yeah let's be honest though i mean fans are hot fans yeah, are hot. And, 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 and the saints did themselves no favors cutting kirk merritt who is clearly the camp darling and by the way, I told you he was going to get cut, and I'm relax, very guys. He, he's going to clear. He's going he to get clear. And everyone's like, fun. "Oh, 17 teams are going to claim him. Get out of here with that! Like, he's not going to get claimed. I, maybe he will. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I would be surprised if Kirk Merritt is, is claimed. But you know, it, it's funny to me because, like, the reason I think Kirk Merritt doesn't get claimed is because every team has a guy like that on their team, and that that that's in no way putting him down. Like, he, he's an NFL quality talent, and he's he's good. Good player. He had a great camp, great preseason. But, like, every team has a guy that's like that. And they're not going to waste a waiver claim where they're forced to keep him for three weeks when they already have a guy like that on their team. So yeah, like every- I, ho- I hope Kurt Merrick makes the practice squad. I hope he gets elevated. I hope he gets to play some this year and makes some plays because I like him. It's a great story. But, like, the Saints fans losing their mind over Kurt Merrick feels a little anime ojo to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you say, every team has a player. It's not always offense. It's not always receiver. They always have a player that, like, flashes just enough to where you like him and and fans worry that he's not going to get through waivers. And 97 right. times. And they, and, they, and they all hate Traquan Smith so much that they don't realize that he probably has more value to the team than Kirk Merritt does. Yeah. You know? 97 but, but, yeah. 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 So, but, but, you know, the 53 man roster, I will say this real quick. I'm sure most people want to talk about CD and that's cool. We can keep going. But the, the quick thing I will say about the 53 man roster, Ralph, is that with the exception of Justin Evans, which is an awesome story, and I'm so glad he made this team, and uh, Lewis Kidd. Yes. Undrafted. It, it, speak, <laughs> speaking, speaking of things that I told you guys were going to happen. That's right. I told you guys at the. I told you after freaking mini camp. He did that. They love Lewis Kidd. And, and, I, and I, so like. And I. am going to take a victory lap on that one too. I'm going to. You can take a victory lap, but you're going to have to. You're going to have to let me piggyback on your shoulders because in our UDFA adopted son draft, I stole him from you, and he's my draft pick, and I'm going to win our intel. I, I stole you your intel. I stole Andrew's intel, and I drafted Lewis Kidd right in front of him. And I'm going to win our UDFA Sun competition for the first time ever. And I've and I've won it with stolen property, and it's amazing. I've won never- yet. You know, Rashid Shahid could still. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. He could still make the practice squad and get elevated at some That's right. point. So slow your roll, but you know, So anyway, Justin Evans and Lewis Kidd. Those are really the only two surprises. Mm-hmm. Like everything else is is like you could have looked at all the names like for for Vanette and Jawan Johnson, like for, yeah, Tony Jones Jr. made it again. I mean, you look at uh, Traquan and Callaway and Hardy mm-hmm. were the they kept six receivers. Like if you had looked at this roster going into camp and you had predicted who was going to make it, Zach Bond made it, Andrew Dowell, you know, like you looked up and down the roster 
nothing surprising happened. And in some ways, it's like the least imaginative 53-man roster I've ever seen. Like literally every dude that you expected to make it ended up making it. And it's all dudes that have been on the team before. And they beat out all these Nephi Sewell, these contenders, Eric Wilson. Now, you know, we'll see what the roster shuffle looks like. And we'll see if guys make it back. But Calvin Throckmorton made it again. It's like it it was just interesting for me to see the 53-man roster. And it's just like all the old heads are back. That's right. I mean, that's how it goes, though. And and a word on a word on Justin Evans, like he's not just a guy that he's a nice story. He was a I mean, he's a great story, but he was picked ahead of Marcus Williams in the 2017 draft. So he has elite physical qualities at safety, and his issues have been. He's been injured a ton, and Tampa just got tired of it and released him. He's like, but yeah, I mean, the, the, those those attributes were on full display in the preseason. Yeah, like, and I don't full know. Full display. Yeah, you might. It might. And I'm gonna tell you, like Justin Evans. Like, I can't help but think as CD was out the door with that trade, that the Saints were thinking, you know, that this might be a way for us to see Justin Evans on the field a little bit more. Yeah, like he he he's an elite. He's got elite talent, and, and and he he's a guy that he could have the kind – if he's healthy with the Saints, he's the kind of guy that a team will be like, hey, we need a safety in 2023. Yeah, he wasn't healthy a bunch, but he was healthy with the Saints last year. We're going to give him a nice two-year deal, and the Saints will have to go and find the next Justin Evans. But he, he was tremendous this game. Before we get out of here, I want to get to these people. I want to get to Mitch and Torrance and uh, – Zach and Top G, hopefully. Mitch, what you got for us about uh, CD getting traded? Well, I think with CD, he was a luxury, right? And now when he staged that little holdout, that was a liability. And they're thinking, are we going to sign McCoy or CD? Who's more important? McCoy's not making any rumblings about contract, obviously. So, and we don't even know if CD can start. That's the thing. He was just such a luxury. And, yeah, he had, he was great moments with Tom Brady. And, you know, he was a fire. But I just think maybe those type of players kind of wear on you. And when it, go, when it goes mm-hmm. negative, it's time to say, see you later. It's, it wasn't about the draft picks or else they would have held out for a better pick. They just wanted him out of the building. Yeah. You know, he got in a fight with Thomas. That adds up. And DA's probably saying, I don't, I got enough headaches. I don't need this guy <laughs> disrupting right. anything and keeping and, and getting all these guys wound up when he's got a good locker room, a great culture. Just keep the boat steering in the right direction and just, you know, throw stuff overboard that needs to go. And, well, that's a, that, and that's a great point, Mitch. Th- thanks for the comment, man. But like, yeah, look, Sean Payton's gone. And, and I do think this is Dennis Allen's team now. And it's one of those things where Dennis is looking at this like, I've got to preserve this culture at all costs. Because remember, when he went to the Raiders, that blew up in his face real quick. And this is his last shot at doing this. And so I I know Dennis Allen is super protective of, I can't let anything get us off the rails. And I think he probably sensed that on some level, that it was getting getting off the rails a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Andrew. Dennis Allen's was 8 and 28 with the Raiders. Like guys with his coaching record 
don't get second shots. Like, literally. Like, there's no I, – I, there's no one else in NFL history that has as bad a record as him after 30-some-odd games and got a second shot. So he knows – You can't – you, you just can't allow your guys to lose focus. They have to have their eye on the prize and, you know, maybe Chauncey Garner got a little distracted. Yeah. And- Torrance, Torrance, unmute yourself. What you got for us, man? All right, I'll be real quick. Uh, have – have we heard anything about Philly uh, committing to extend Chauncey or they have maybe how much it's, or for how long? It's weird. Torrance. And Philly people, and if, if Kyle Bennett, if, he, if somebody from Philly is in the chat, in, in the spaces with us, hop on, let us know. People in my mentions on Twitter were like, we thieved him from you. We paid a fifth and a sixth and it's a one-year rental. We'll see how it goes. And I was like, you think that you're going to get one – you think CD's going to play happily and not get paid? Like, you really think well, that's going to happen? So, I'm, I'm some, curious. I don't on know. On level, I, I think that, you know, the Eagles, they traded for him, right? They didn't disrespect him by dangling him in the Deshaun Watson talks and then yeah, not maybe giving so. him the deal that he deserves. So, I, I think he – I'll just say, like, the trade might maybe make him more likely to – play on this last year I, I just wonder what what version would they get if we're 10 games into the season and there are no talks about extending will he pout or not get along with the coaches or decide to sit out practice or you know that, that might make a fifth or sixth worth it if that's the case yeah I mean look I, I think he, he's got to keep his head on straight you know I mean he's an unpredictable player I, I think maybe this will serve as motivation where he he has a great season and he, and he has, keeps his head on straight and he works hard and he's he's a good teammate you know and he does all the right things and and maybe he sees and he stays healthy and he gets a great contract on the other side of it that that's one way this plays uh, another way this plays is he continues to gripe uh, maybe he continues to demand elite money he doesn't get it from Philadelphia and uh, you, maybe he gets released at some point. And, you know, that, that would be the other extreme. And if it goes down that way, then he starts to develop a reputation around the league that two teams have given up on him. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm his agent, I'm like, dude, you got to keep it together. You want to see that big-time contract, you got to play great for the Eagles. And whether it's the Eagles or someone else, there is a bounty waiting for you on the other side of this. Hundred percent. But you got it. You, you but you got to keep your head on straight. You got to put your head down and get to work. And so that's what his agent's going to be pleading with him to do. Yeah, and he will and look, Torrance. If he's good on a good team, which the Eagles roster, I don't really like Jalen Hurts, but their roster from top to bottom is freaking. Mina Kynes called it a, a loaded big potato. I mean, it's re, it's really good, and I think they have a real shot to win the East. So, like, if he's really yeah, good on a really good team, he'll get paid. And by the way, the TV money goes up. There's going to be a shit ton of money for teams to spend next. And, and CD might be crazy, but he's not stupid. He, yeah. he is definitely not stupid. And so, you know, as much as I'd love to throw shade at a Florida Gator now that he's not on the Saints <laughs> anymore, but. But uh, no, I mean he, he's you know so he 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 knows that you know this is this is uh, put up or shut up time. I, I think right. he's going to do well. I, I I actually think he'll do pretty well there. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to uh. Let's go to top G water. I, I'm a little nervous about uh, what, what you're going to have to say. I don't know if this is going to be Saints related, but we'll try it. Top G water. Unmute yourself. What you got for us? Top G water. Are you there? 
No, I don't. All right. uh, I don't think we got anything going on there. Okay. All right. Let's go to uh, Joe. Joe, uh, unmute yourself. What you got? Hey guys. Uh, just a real quick thought on the on the CJ thing. Uh, everybody's kind of you know wonder upset that they uh, sent him away or wondering if he's a problem or if the coach has got it right or wrong. All I'll say is this. We gave up about five draft picks this year to move up to get Olave. This front office is 100% committed to trying to win a Super Bowl this year. And if they thought CJ being on the team would get them closer to that, they would have kept him on the team. And then at the end of the year, you know, not renewed his contract and given up the fifth and the sixth rounders, um, uh, fifth and sixth round picks. So they must have thought that they were going to be better this year without him or else they would have kept him. And that's all. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point, Joe. And so again, that doesn't to me that doesn't come down to talent. Now, I, I do think, and KB's yeah. point's a great one that they do have enough guys, talented players, to, to mitigate that loss. But to me, this isn't about Chauncey Gardner, the the player, because clearly they're better off with the player. Uh, I think this is about Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the potential distraction. Yeah, it was and. and you know, that that's one thing where they might be better off without and listen, if, he, if he's a distraction. And listen, the depth that they had at corner, at corner and in the secondary helped them. And look, they we said in the, earlier in the podcast, I said, or the spaces I said, they planned for it, so give them credit. But Andrew, if CD was a tight end or he was a linebacker, this would have been exponentially more difficult. Like the depth yeah. really made this decision easier for them. Like, can you imagine? Zach, Zach, unmute yourself. What you got for us, man? Yeah, appreciate it, Andrew. Um, I was wondering, like, the same thing, pretty much, kind of what the other guy was talking about. My thing is, anytime, like, last year when we needed a receiver, sometimes we saw on the television, hey, this receiver got traded for peanuts. And we're, I'm wondering if there's any team sitting out there that could have used Charlie Gardner Johnson. I know the Saints were in a rush to get rid of him. Are they sitting there thinking, like, wow, that's all they got? out of this deal. I know the Saints had a limited time, but maybe they could have got a third or a fourth rounder instead of what they did. Do you think there's any team sitting there like, damn, like if I knew the Saints were that eager to get rid of them, we could have given them even a fourth round pick. Because, you know, there's times like the Saints could have got a player and we're just like, damn, why didn't we trade for him? That was so cheap. No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, maybe, but Mickey Loomis is going to do his due diligence. The Saints are going to work in, in – on the low, right? You didn't, this wasn't, I mean, we knew kind of what was happening because when he sat out of practice, but it wasn't like leaked where the last week or so Adam Schefter is like, the Saints are shopping him. I mean, I'm sure Mickey Loomis made the call. And and look, Jeff Duncan, I know a lot of people, we don't like him and his tweets are annoying, but he had a good tweet today. He's like, the market is the market. Like, I don't think there was like some magical offer yeah. where like the Dolphins yeah, called I, I after think, the trade look, and was like, we'd have given you a second. No, no. They probably would have gotten more if they had traded him, you know, at the, before the draft or whatever. But I think it's important to remember that Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's not a Raz guy. Like he's not huge. He's not super fast. Uh, he was a fourth round pick. Now he outplayed his contract. He, he outplayed his draft slot. And I think he's better than that. Obviously we've seen that, but but I do think he's a little overrated by the fan base. It's not like he's a Pro Bowl guy. It's not like he was voted top 100 NFL player as much as he thought he should be. And I, I, I just personally, I wholly disagree with those that put out there he's the best nickel corner in the league. I, I think that as Saints fans looking at it through rose-colored glasses, 
And I, I just don't believe that's accurate. Now, I do think he's a good football player. I don't think he's great, but I think he's he's good. I think he's a Hall of Fame trash talker, and that, that's been really fun. <laughs> that's that's true. That, that's been really that matters to me. Fans, and I guess just so that. we're clear. Yeah, it should, mm. and it should matter to you. And I, 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 it's not like I'm dismissive of that. I think that makes a big difference on the field. Clear, he got players ejected well, in in playoff games for God's well, sake. The equivalent to this, I'd put because obviously you can see I'm a Laker fan. I would say. When Meta World Peace kind of got you yeah. know, older in his career, obviously Charlie Gardner Johnson isn't old yet, but you know they kept him on the roster just because he would come in and kind of can get the other opponent rattled or just bring that extra energy to him. Not so much that he was going to be the talent yeah, that but, he was back in the day. Well, it'll, it'll Zach, it'll break my heart if Chauncey Gardner Johnson does what Meta World Peace did for the Lakers because he won he won y'all a freaking world championship in Game Seven. He had. Oh he, yeah, he had, sure. he had big shots. People make people make fun of him, but he I remember that. I remember that he he won y'all a freaking world championship in Game Seven because they had a lot of guys scared in that game besides Kobe. And Meta was like, "I'm gonna take these shots. I'm gonna make them." I hate the Celtics, so I was torn by that. But so I hope that, I hope that, was, that was that was good stuff from Zach. Man, thanks for joining us. Um, all right, uh, Mr. Flanagan, the Bobby Fish hater. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> what you got? I'm coming over. I'm- I'm coming over from wrestling Twitter, my bad, man. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, like Zach and Joe and them were talking about, like, he's a guy that came in, he was a fourth-round pick, not a big athletic freak or anything. He outperformed his contract. And another factor of it, how I like to see it is, Dennis Allen has been running this defense. He's basically seen Chauncey's development mm-hmm. since day one. <clears throat> I feel like, like, I feel like with this, if he feels good enough to good enough to where you're expendable, hey, is what it is, and that's gonna put the onus on a guy like Alante Taylor. Yeah. PJ Williams, maybe even Justin Evans, but what if we are kind of overrating Chauncey? Yeah, because I mean, remember who he remember we're talking about. This is a a top five defense. You got Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis. Maybe it was, maybe how can I say this? They covered up a lot. Like, you know, it's, we were so good, maybe that allowed him to thrive and maybe in no, an that's, environment where. No, that, that, that's a good, that's a good point. My, that's a good point because you look at, you know, I've always, I've always said this, like on offensive line or defense, you could plug in guys that are, look, the Saints won a freaking Super Bowl where at linebacker they had. You know Scott Shanley and Mark Fujita. You know, and and look, we love we love Scott Fujita. He's a Saints legend. He's he, he's one of fan favorites. Those were what slightly above average NFL linebackers. But you know what they had? Yeah. In the, they had they had a de- they had a defensive line in front of them that could get after the quarterback. They had a really nice secondary. You can plug in. Guys. They were they were also playing next to John Vilma. Who, yeah, who's mm-hmm. that's right. John Vilma yeah. b- before he ended up falling off was well before his knee easily. exploded. Yeah, he was easily one of the top five linebackers in the league from 04 to 2010. Oh, easily. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and listen, yeah. you that that's a good point in that these trades, 
you know, we think it, you know, we think it might go one way, but it could go another. And listen, the Jets, when they traded Vilma to the Saints, they were like, John, Jonathan Vilma, we don't want to pay you. Your knee is degenerative and it can explode at any moment. We're cashing out on you right now. And the Saints won a Super Bowl and got a got a you know what did they get? They got three really good years out of Vilma. Then his knee went to pot and he was he was done. But yeah, so that just tells you like these trades, these teams sometimes they, they think it's going to go one way and it doesn't, and it, it goes another. Yeah, no, hey, Mr. Flanagan, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate appreciate your thoughts. You know, the thing I go back to is when Dennis Allen had his press conference and he kind of kept it short and sweet, but you know, his, his thing was. And he kept it very PC. You know, I think mm-hmm. he was very respectful of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's like, you know, we traded him today. We want to thank him for his time with the Saints. He was a productive mm-hmm. player. You know, said, said the right things, was respectful of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, but but I thought this was salient. I, I thought this was pointed. And, and I thought this one sentence said a lot where he basically just flat out said, you know, we just made a decision that we thought was best for our football team. And that, that sentence there, it says a lot because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the football field, it, it clearly gives the Saints an advantage. So when he says it's best for our football team to do this trade, uh, I, I think that says a lot. Yeah. Um, John, John Sullivan, I hope, hopefully no relation to Jonathan. Um, un- unmute yourself. What you got? No, no relation. Um, yeah, just quick. In terms of replacing CD, you know, people keep talking about Alante and yeah. Roby. Uh, I mean, I wonder if it's more, you know, three safety with Honey Badger in the slot and then, you know, Marcus May and Evans uh, in, on the field as well. So about half of uh, Teron Matthews' snaps in coverage, not, a little bit less than half, when he was with Kansas City were in the slot. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up, and that's a great point, because whether it's Justin Evans or P.J. Williams, it's probably going to be both of them to some degree. I think those guys are going to be getting snaps, especially when we get in third and six, third and seven, uh, where Tyron Matthew will get those options potentially in the slot. So I don't know that I, – I do think, look, all those guys are going to play. And, and you know, there'll be injuries. There'll, there'll be times where they need to rotate a little bit. But, yes, I, I do expect Roby – to get some time at nickel. And I think they'll like him there because he, he's got size and he's got physicality. And, you know, Roby kind of fits the prototype of the corner that the Saints like. Big, can run. Uh, so I, I think they like Roby in the slot and he could certainly play there. You know, Lante Taylor, you know, he still has to he, he still has some room to grow, obviously. He still has time to develop. Uh, I think they view Taylor as a guy that's going to play special teams right away. Uh, I don't know that he necessarily gets snaps over some of these other guys, but yeah, I think PJ Williams and and Justin Evans can kind of give the Saints some of the safety work, which would allow Teron Matthew to play in the slot and play in the box a little bit more. So, John, I'm glad you brought that up. I definitely think that's going to be you know they'll, they'll be able to use a lot of those pieces. There's a lot of guys with different skill sets in this defensive backfield that are backups that are going to get to play, and they're good players. Yeah, it's. This defense is still is still going to be it's going to be really good, and you know this is what I said when I when I was arguing with Philly fans before the spaces started, Andrew, and I was like, listen, the history of the Saints under Mickey Loomis is when they feel like a guy is a must keep, 
They've kept them. The, 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 the guys that they viewed as elite talent that they have let walk out the door, the list is basically two. It's Carl Nix and it's Marcus Williams. That's pretty much the elite talent they let it walk out the door. Now, Teron Armstead, you could say, was elite, but they signed him to an extension. He didn't walk out after his rookie deal, right? So the Saints... They've been pretty damn good at identifying the guys that are must-keep, and they've kept them. So that's another reason why I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Until they, until, until they start losing, until they start showing me that they don't know what they're doing, it's okay. It, to me, it, I'm going to trust them. Ralph, Ralph, I have a fun exercise for you before we leave. Uh, the, these these are the names of former Saints that were released around the league today. Okay, go. Uh, I, I, I'm <laughs> oh, going to no. say you, you, you have to pick one. You, so let, let's say, you know, Traquan Smith goes on IR or, or, you know, Trevor Penning goes on IR and you're forced to claim one of these players. Oh, my okay? God. Here we go. Your options I'm are scared. Willie Sneed. Oh, okay. Uh, the, Ken Crawley, oh. the legend. Keith Kirkwood. I can't believe he's still in the league. Wow. Cameron Tom. Everybody's favorite interior offensive lineman. Uh, Dave's boo, little Jordan Humphrey. Oh. Uh, we can bring back Aesop Winston. We can bring back <laughs> Divine Zigbo. Or we got Taylor Stallworth. Another guy I can't believe is still in the league. I know. Didn't they trade Taylor Did Stallworth? Didn't, wasn't Taylor Stallworth the UDFA and they flipped him for like a six-round pick? Maybe, yeah. It sounds about right. I, I mean, I know they don't need him. And I know he's probably completely and utterly cooked as a player, but I'm bringing back Willie Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. I am. I know they don't even. Sometimes you know. Sometimes it's not what you need; it's what you want, right? So who would I think you? I, I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go. Ken Crawley, man. Oh, I don't my. know. Weird things happen when Ken Crawley's on the roster, Ralph. And I'm here for weird. <laughs> It's true. He's like that's the clip. That's the clip of the week, right there. By the way. So, yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, we're gonna get, go to your dad, and then and then we're gonna wrap this at up at the buzzer. At the buzzer, Mister Juge. Mister Juge, what you got for us tonight? We're pum- I'm pumped to meet you in person, September sixteenth. Ralph, hey, hi guys, hi folks. So, Ralph, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the fun during the off season. It's been great. Greetings from Atlanta. I just picked up another couple of tickets. Oh my god! To the game my god. on the eleventh from my, uh, you know, from my hunting party coming in from Virginia and from New Orleans. It's going to be outstanding. And uh, look, I trust co- the coaching staff. I trust the the, the front office. Uh, I think when you got a winning culture and a locker room culture of quality like we got, uh, you you keep you keep building on it. Mm-hmm. And if and if somebody's positive, they stay. And if somebody's less than positive about that, well, then maybe, you know, a certain amount of talent isn't good enough to keep them. So I think, you know, with the next man up and the talent we got at DB and on the rest of the defense, I, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but that's how this league works. And I think, you know, if that's what Dennis Allen says is the right thing for the franchise in the locker room. And I think it's somebody, I think as Andrew said today, if, if, the, if the DB room is okay with it, then I'm I'm okay with all of that. So I think I think we're in good shape, and I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Juge. And final question, Andrew. I think I know how you're going to answer, but I'm going to tell you how I'm going to answer. If you told me the Saints can keep 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, or you can keep two of the three of Eric McCoy, Davenport, and Onyemata. I'm taking two of the three over Chauncey Gardner-Johnson every single time. Oh, I would have told you that at the end of last season before, you know, all this stuff came to a head. You know, I I, I would have put Eric McCoy far and away at number one on that list of all yeah. those guys you just mentioned. You know, and then with Onyemata and Davenport, like I – I lean on Yamada just because I, I don't think they have the depth at defensive tackle, and, and he's just he's more critical, I think. But I mean, and Davenport's tough; he's injured a lot, and, and that that's the hesitation. But man, when he's on the field, he's clearly. I, I think at times he was clearly the best player on the roster, and and so yeah, that that one's tougher for me. But McCoy for sure, and I actually kind of lean Davenport. Yeah. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we had a ton of people in the space. I think we had a, over 300 at one. Uh, it's going to end up being at people that have popped in and out. So, guys, remember, RSVP for the live show September 16th at Port Orleans. It's going to be amazing. I promise you. Fun starts at 7. We're going to hang out. It's going to have prizes. We're going to have all kinds of fun stuff we're going to be doing to get you ready for Tampa. And become a patron. Try us out for a month. If you don't love us, if you don't love the Discord, if you don't love the daily shows, the early access, the, the commercial-free podcast, if you don't love it all after a month, say, I want a refund, boom, we'll hit you with a full refund. So, guys, thanks for joining us. It's been fun. Uh, I'm sad, but we'll get over it. The Saints are going to be fine in the secondary. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you again tomorrow.